everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. I hope that your start to this year, 2023, has been amazing. Uh, and I know many of us are still in that season where our focus is goal setting, trying to figure out how to measure the year ahead, how to define what success might look like. And so what I want to give you today is five things, five things today that you can use to measure whether your year was a success or not. So these five things at the end of your year, when you look back, these are going to be the five things you can use to measure the successfulness of your year. And I want to give them to you now so that you can live this year knowing what success will look like. Again, if you're new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as far as possible, we just come together every Tuesday morning. You can listen to it whenever you want. But Tuesday morning, we release this podcast. And the whole point is just to grab a cup of coffee or tea, perhaps in your car ride to work or to drop the kids off or perhaps even a gym. And we just want to come around the Word of God and learn what it means to love Jesus, perhaps a little bit more, to reflect Him and be like Him. So uh, if you have not yet, can I encourage you, subscribe to this podcast so that whenever a new one is released, we can let you know uh, on whichever platform you're on. But let's dive in right now. So remember, five things that if you can use to measure and define success this year. And to frame it, I want to read to you some of the words of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 to 8 says this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statues of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for good. We'll, we'll just pause there just after those two verses, 12 and 13. Now, within this passage, we read five things that Moses tells the people are non-negotiables. These are the things that God himself has said that he requires from his people. Here are the five things. To fear him to follow him, to love him, to serve him, and obey him. It's all about him. The five things that are going to help you succeed this year, that are, that are going to frame success for you, we need to understand that they are all about God. His glory is our purpose. His glory is the reason you and I breathe. Five things. Moses says to the people of Israel, these are the things God requires of you. These are the things that are going to serve you as you step into the promised land. And can I say to you, these are the things that are going to serve you as you step into 2023. These are our non-negotiables. These are the five things that are going to form us and frame our lives from this point onwards. Now, I know, and I want to get this out, up, out front. So in terms of our theological understanding, the Old Testament law was really just something that illustrated how powerless humanity was how impossible life would be if we're following rules and regulations in our own strength. So right off the bat, I want us to understand that as Moses tells the people this, what he's revealing is, is what is next to impossible for us. So these five things, as much as they the things the Israelites needed, they were impossible for them to do perfectly. And you and I, in our own strength, we can't do it. Before I even look at each of these things individually, I want us to understand that Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection. He did each of these things perfectly. He feared God without any doubt. He followed him perfectly. He loved him to the end. He served him completely, and he obeyed him even to the cross. And so we look at these five things. We're not looking at them under the shadow of fear. We're not afraid of judgment that might come if we don't do them well enough. In fact, what we're doing is we're pursuing them out of the perfection of Jesus. 
We no longer have to do these things in order to please God. God is already pleased with us because of Jesus. So when he looks at us, he sees the perfection of Jesus. We do not do these things out of a a desire to avoid punishment. We do these things out of the overflow of who Jesus is and what we have already received from Jesus on the cross. Now, having said that, these five things, I believe, give us a really good matrix, uh, a framework as to how we can measure whether any year was a success, whether any adventure, whether any project was a success. I'm not saying, please, what, what I'm not saying is don't make goals. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is perhaps these five things should be how we evaluate those goals, how we evaluate every single day. And I wonder if we pursue these things consistently, I wonder if it wouldn't mean that we would meet our goals ultimately. So number one, let's look at these five things. Number one, fear him. Moses says we are to fear God. And this is not a kind of uh, uh, fear where we're trembling. This is not the kind of fear where uh, because we're worried that pain is imminent or we're scared of being surprised negatively. Often we hear that this kind of fear is not fear at all. Uh, many people I've heard is, is saying that, no, this isn't, this isn't fear. This is just worship. And that's kind of a pendulum swing to the other side, which, which isn't helpful either. If it says fear God, we need to fear God, but we need to understand, we need to have a picture, right? Uh, and I heard a great analogy for this, and I'm going to use one of my own experiences to bring that person's idea into our context. Many years ago, I had the privilege of going to the Vic Falls. Uh, we were on the Zambia side of the falls, and, and I had the opportunity to stand on the edge of the falls and look over the edge. And, and as I looked over the cliff, I saw the bottom of the falls, the water rumbling. I loved the fact that there was no safety rails or, or guards. Health and safety was not there in any way, shape, or form. But as I was standing there, I was amazed at the beauty of this incredible part of creation. No wonder it's called a wonder of the world. I was amazed at the beauty of the creation. It stirred a sense of wonder within me, but I was also very grateful that I was on the right side of the edge of the cliff. I was grateful that I was on the side that my feet were firmly planted, where there was a, an element of safety, where I wasn't falling. So in a single moment, there was wonder at the beauty of this creation, but there was also a sense of reverence, a sense of understanding that being on the wrong side of the creation would cause me incredible pain. And I think this, for me, is a great picture of what the fear of the Lord is. Because as much as we're in awe and wonder, as much as we worship Him, we also understand in the same moments that to be on the wrong side of God is a very dangerous place to be. It's unhealthy for us. It's not where we were designed to live our lives. And so the fear of the Lord is a combination of reverence and awe. It's a combination of understanding how beautiful he is, but also that this magnificence should never be viewed from the wrong side. Can I ask you, how is your awe and reverence factor when it comes to God? When last did you stop and simply say, wow, God, you are awesome. You are beyond me. When last did we press into the mystery of who God is? What if this year we choose to live in a place where God's magnificence and and glory is the place we live out of? What if this is the lens through which we live and relate to others? What if every project we do, every day we start, every meeting we go into, we say, God, today I want to be in your glory. I want to be amazed by you. I want you to do things so big that I am both humbled and exhilarated. At the end of the year, what might it look like if you made his glory our priority? So number one, fear him. Number two, follow him. Secondly, Moses says simply this, walk 
in his ways. And a disciple in ancient Israel, a disciple was a person who was said to taste the dust from his rabbi's sandals. The picture here is so beautiful. When you walk so closely to someone that the dust that they kick up is the thing that fills your mouth. A disciple is one who follows so close that not only is his mouth filled with the dust of his rabbi's sandals, but his vision is filled with the silhouette of his rabbi. What might 2023 look like if we constantly have our rabbi's silhouette filling our vision? What might our speech be like if our mouths are filled with the dust that comes from his sandals? Following Jesus is not a Sunday thing or a comfortable thing. Jesus led his disciples into wilderness, into conflict, but also into his glory. Following Jesus doesn't mean comfort and ease, but it does mean significance and glory. What might this year look like if we followed him as closely as we've just mentioned? Thirdly, Moses says, love him. What does God require from us? Love. Following Jesus is not an intellectual pursuit, even though we're called to love him with our minds, but we're called to make him the primary affection of our hearts. We're called to love no one and nothing more then we love him. Our hearts are to find their fulfillment and joy in him. If I were to see, if, if you were to give me access to all of your goals, all of your desires this year, whatever it is you're aiming for for 2023, what might it reveal to me about who or what you love the most? What if the goal of every day was to love Jesus a bit more than we did yesterday? What if we woke up and asked, God, how can I love you more today than I did yesterday? Number four, serve him. The second last thing which I love is the idea of service. Moses tells the people that what God requires is a people of service. Serving does a few things to us. Firstly, it takes our eyes off of the things we think are so big. We all of a sudden have a different perspective on our issues and conflicts. When we choose to serve God through serving his people, we get a divine reset on our perspective. The other thing service does is it honors people through us. And in that, it honors God. I think and, and this is from years of being in church and reading the Bible, I think it's impossible to honor God if we are not willing to serve people. I think our worship is half-hearted if it isn't matched by our service. Serving is something we are created to do, called to do, saved to do. What excuses have you allowed to develop in your mind to stop you from serving? Perhaps you were say, you've said you were too busy. Perhaps you allowed your frustration with a leader to get the better of you and you just quit. Perhaps you are insecure. Perhaps you think you don't have the ability. And all of these things are perhaps preventing you from serving others and honoring God. Whatever the excuse, can I encourage you this year, move beyond it. Move beyond the excuse. Move beyond whatever the obstacle is and serve. Serve in different ways. Serve in a variety of contexts. Lastly, point number five is obey him. We are called to obey. Now, if we are going to obey God, then all of the things we've just mentioned are non-negotiables. But what if we take this a bit further? When we are saved, we engage with Jesus as Lord and Savior. And sometimes it's very easy to accept his salvation, but it's very difficult to accept his direction. It's easy to see him as Savior. It's difficult to acknowledge him as Lord. However, what might 2023 look like if Jesus was allowed to be in complete control of every decision and every moment of your life? What might the year yield if instead of asking God to bless our ideas, we asked him if we could just be part of his ideas? What if we submitted to him and obeyed him completely? Now, those five things, right? Uh, we need to fear him, follow him, love, serve, obey him. And then Moses ends all of this by saying, you have to do these things with everything you have. 
No half-hearted. We need to be all in. This isn't a Sunday thing. This is an every moment of every day kind of thing. So here, let me ask you this question. What might this year look like? When you get to December 2023 and you look back, what might this year look like to you if his glory was your priority with everything you've got? If he filled our vision, if he was our primary love, if we served him and others, and if we obeyed him as Lord, what might this year look like? If you could say, these are the things I have done. I pray that, that, that this year would be that kind of year for you. A year of fearing him, following him, loving him, serving him, and obeying him. Making him your all in all, your center and your circumference. My prayer for you is 2023 would be the year of the Lord in your context. I hope this has helped you, and I look forward to seeing you soon as we push further and further into 2023. Cheers, everyone. See you soon. 